Hi, this is Randy Randall of No Age and host of the podcast Hyphen It with Randy Randall. I want to welcome our newest sponsor of the show, DistroKid. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms and artists keep 100% of their royalties. Hyphenate listeners get 30% off at distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash hyphenate. Again, that's distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash H-Y-P-H-E-N-A-T-E. Go get your music streaming everywhere now. Yo, what is happening? This is Randy Randall. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast Hyphenate. Um, really excited for today's show. I have uh, Jesse Mathewson from Ken Mode from uh, Canada. Some very dark, sludgy, awesome, alternative, scrappy, I don't know, amphetamine reptile-ish. Um, awesome band from Canada. They've been going out for a long time. They have uh, their ninth album, Void, coming out uh, September 22nd, which was a few days ago now already, but it's out now. Ken Mode's ninth album, Void, is out now on Artifact Records. So I'm really, really excited to uh, uh, share with you the the interview I have with Jesse coming up here quickly. Uh, he also runs a, a management label and just, you know, in general, I feel like anybody doing, you know, a, a DIY band, you know, for more than a decade is, is very much qualifies as a hyphenate. I think, um, you know, just the many hats you wear of, of photographer, music video director, um, you know, graphic designer, tour manager, you know, artist, everything. It's just being in a band for so many years, you definitely get to wear a lot of hats and definitely qualify as a hyphenate. Um, he also, we get into it a little bit, um, his uh, kickboxing, Muay Thai kickboxing uh, practice. And I think it's really interesting. You know, I'm starting to get a, uh, a feel now going into, I think, is this our fourth or fifth interview of this first season? You know, it really is like a lot of interesting things coming out about a lot of the people I've been interviewing you know, of just sort of what it is to be, what does it mean to be a multi-hyphenate and what are some of the things that motivate us? And I count myself in there, you know, um, from doing band stuff to now doing this podcast stuff and all the other stuff I've done in between, you know, music video, directing, producing, or other music tracks, engineering things. And then as well as, like I said, you know, the aforementioned just being in a band for a long time and tour managing and doing all the other fun stuff, graphic designing, all the things we've we've done um, to just make the band interesting and creatively fulfilling. You know, you just end up having to to wear all those different hats and play all those different roles. But I'm really excited that um, that this podcast has been going so well. I, I feel like this is my first time really get to chime in and, and thank everybody for listening. Um, I would love to hear from everybody. I have a, a, a an email set up, a hyphenate halftime at gmail.com, where that's where you can write in, and Aaron and I will read uh, your email on the air and uh, on the halftime shows that we do in between each of these interview shows. It's um, But it's been awesome. It's gotten really, a lot of really great feedback, tons of good feedback from people and people reaching out. Um, learning about me, learning about different people on the show and, and setting up tons of great new interviews. So please uh, reach out with questions, with thoughts, criticism. I'll, I'll take it all. I'm not thin-skinned here. I'm definitely learning on my feet as we go. So that's hyphenatehalftime at gmail.com. But uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody at Runus, Joe, 
Patrick, Chris at Ruinous for all their support and help making um, this podcast happen. This has really been a fun, wild adventure. We got a lot of really good uh, interviews coming up through the fall and um, yeah, having a great time doing it. So thank you. Please uh, reach out. I'd love to hear from everybody what they think about it. You can also follow me on Instagram. It's my name, Randy, R-A-N-D-Y-S is my middle initial. And then Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L-L. It's a funny story. That's also been an email address I've used for a lot of years, Randy S. Randall. All right, that's sort of how you set it up. And um, I remember people have asked me, you know, it's like, is it Randy's Randall? And I think, you know, just having a funny name like Randy Randall <laughs> is enough is enough of a concern. I don't think I'd make an email address Randy's Randall. But it's, it's funny that it doesn't translate like I think of it as my middle initial, which is uh, my middle name is Steven. So S for Steven. But, uh, but it's a funny one. Yeah. Um, so thank you, everybody, for being here. Also, I want to say thank you to DistroKid. Make sure you go to uh, check out distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash hyphenate um, to get your, uh, what is that, 30% off? I don't know. You get a good you get a good discount there, and it's cool. If you want to get your music up online on all the streamers, go to DistroKid. You can get uh, full worldwide um, streaming platform distribution for your music get it heard get it out there so i want to say thank you to DistroKid for supporting the show and everybody at ruinous and everybody out there listening right now so let's go to my conversation with jesse Matthewson of ken mode hold on to your butts yes Jesse, thank you so much for joining me here on Hyphenate. I, I really appreciate you uh, sitting through all the uh, technical issues for for the, the listeners at home. We had a fun uh, adventure in um, modern recording. Uh, it was so boring. It's barely <laughs> worth mentioning, but uh, it was it was a juggle. Well, I appreciate you uh, being patient. Um, so I uh, it's a it's a pleasure to meet you. I've, I am a fan of your band and. Um, and it's 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 just it's exciting to get to get to meet you and talk to you in person. Tell me, well, I'm just some loser in an office over here, so <laughs> you'll learn that quick enough. Yeah, tell me. Uh, let, let's start at the beginning. Where 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 do you come from, and how did this all how did this all get going? We'll start- oh God, we're up here in Winnipeg, Canada, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, been doing the thing for 24 years now. Holy shit, <laughs> <laughs> that is the case. September. 1999 was the beginning of this this ridiculous band wow and here we are incredible and and just one band was there was there high school bands before this or this was this was the high school this was the high school band wow (laughs) that's that i remember having a an internet thread where a few musicians were lamenting that i think the first person who it was either topon from fuck the facts or kurt baloo from converge that brought up the whole like when your high school band never breaks up you kind of have all these these ghosts of christmas past that like are documented and the whole world knows about because like it was quite literally the band you're in now doing the thing in was how you cut your teeth all the embarrassing missteps it's all there for everyone to see so we don't have the luxury of uh of starting a new project and having it be like pro and hitting the ground running looking great we uh we have all the like the first the first record that we go mm. yeah <laughs> i like the first record it was i mean a it's a very it's, different band but i yeah, like it. very cool. very different band i've actually been i've I talked because it was it came out 20 years ago now and we recorded it 
22 years ago. And I've, I've had some conversations on social media about it. Like I, I still think the riffs are good. My biggest complaint about that record was the production and the lack of any real producer talent in Winnipeg. Cause we were quite literally children when we made it. <laughs> um, Shane would have been 17. I was 19, I think. Um, and our city didn't really have producers who knew how to record heavy music. And like, because we were so young, we didn't have money to go travel, to go do the thing. Cause that, that would have been beneficial. Like, and we, we subsequently did that, like with our venerable record, we went and recorded with Kirk Ballou. And then we, we started trying to get like a laundry list, uh, like the bucket list of all the people we wanted to work with. But if we, if we would have lived in a city that had that kind of talent, who knows how that could have changed the trajectory of the band because like when you're 19 and writing songs that have 19 riffs in them like it would have been good to have someone who knows how to record that and kind of guide you like maybe you don't need to have that many riffs <laughs> maybe, maybe you could chill out maybe this this would sound better or just even someone to like keep your timing in check i don't know it would have been uh, a completely but then again every misstep brings you to where you are. And as long as you're happy with where you're at, who cares? Right. Yep. Yep. No, it's good. I mean, warts and all is the way to do it. You know what I mean? You're keeping it honest, you know, and even, even if, you know, even if you change names, somebody would go back and be able to find everything else you ever did, or they'd want to at least, you know, I think that's yeah. part of the fun of it. You know, I know I do that with bands, you know, you want to go back and find the demos, the demos and the early four track tapes. If you really love the band, that's just part of the, part of the fan experience. Yeah. And I mean, that's another thing I've been talking about, particularly with this album cycle, with the Barbie movie coming out. Like, that's been something that's been haunting us since we formed this band. And the name oh. is like a Black Flag reference, but like knucklehead, hardcore and metal dudes have thought it's a reference to Ken and Barbie since we started and have made a point of not listening to us because of that. Cool, bro. <laughs> whatever but like it's little things like that like yeah. i thought that phrase was oh. it was cool when i was a teenager but like if you would have started a new band probably wouldn't have called us this oh that's so funny um that is too funny i do i that totally like slipped my mind i know when uh, i saw a thing when margot robbie was promoting barbie she's an australian actress and she was promoting australia and they're like well you know like the other barbie we have here and she's like what do you mean like, there, there's an australian barbie they're like you know like throw a shrimp on the barbie and it's just one of those <laughs> obvious things in front of you like oh i don't even put that together at all yeah uh, i didn't even think about that the ken the ken the ken band yeah because uh, it has nothing to do with it and it never has but like yeah. Yeah, this movie, people, you gotta capitalize. Like, I don't want that association. Like, it's never, it's never <laughs> been about that. It was never the point. Yeah. So why don't, don't feed into the to the misconceptions more? Yeah. I mean, I, we could yeah. for sure make some money if we did some sort of parody. But like, again, I don't have the energy. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I don't think your fans would be the ones who would be the one. You know what I mean? It's like doesn't seem like they're they're even thinking the same thing too they probably just yeah. used as everyone else's although every time i bring it up like the concept this is conceptually it will work like if you took a pink tea put our cover of loved on it and then did ken mode in that barbie font like people would buy that i see i see yeah it yeah. would work and i know why it would work and like legit fans of our band would buy it but i just don't have the energy to put into that like 
Well, that's a marketing, that's a marketing genius. I mean, that's yeah. the thing too. I wanted to talk to you. So, you know, the, the podcast is called hyphenate and we talk to people who do many things and wear many hats. And I think what I found is that anybody kind of coming from a DIY scene, the idea of wearing many hats just feels normal. You know, yeah. it's not, it's you not have to. Cool. Yeah. Right. That it's, it's just part of what we do. Um, but I, I see, you know, you've, you've run a label in the past, you have a management company and you're also involved in a uh, Muay Thai kickboxing. Yeah, I I'd say label definitely okay. <laughs> in uh, in air quotes because I, I I flirted with it. I the, actually this is a funny roundabout story. When I was flirting with the idea, which had to have been fifteen years ago, I incorporated a company, and we never made enough money that it made any sense actually putting any of it through that entity because at the time we were just losing money. So put it all through Ken mode, and we can get tax back. I see, um, and. Fast forward to like, what would it have been? Like probably over 10 years later. No, maybe 10 years later. We kept the incorporated entity alive just because I paid to have it done. So I didn't want to just have it lapse. And when Shane and I had started our venture with MKM Management Services, we used Arctotus Records, my incorporated entity as a shell company for dividends <laughs> so now it's quite literally just somewhere where we hide capital oh that's so funny you're, you're such a crude businessman I don't yeah think, yeah it is arctotus records holding co <laughs> <laughs> well i know things are very different in canada in terms of you know support for artists and arts and things like that like you said you know you can kind of apply for things and there's a different there's a different kind of relationship that the, that you have with government and taxes in canada yeah it's, it's a, a little bit more european in approach it's yeah I, I don't know a ton about all the different european programs but from what i've scratched the surface with over there i'd say canada's and this is the way it is with most things culturally with canada we're like halfway between america and europe or like always pretending like we want to fit in with europe yet we really fit in better with america so but i'll take advantage of the programs that are here heck yeah <laughs> might as well right i mean you you're, you qualify for them yeah. so, so starting in, in 99 as as teenagers um reflecting back on all this time like what what um you know what have you learned obviously a million things but in terms of like being a hyphenate and doing multiple things like as you look back on some of those early lessons like what what do you wish you knew then that you know now when you started i mean there's a part of me and i mean we, we did things in a in the opposite direction that most bands do most bands they really cut their teeth when they're young they tour a ton when they're young they burn out and then they go to school and figure their life out we because we're from Winnipeg and not really connected to anything, touring has always been hard. And it's just, it's largely like a geographic barrier that you got to get over. And I, I always tell people this, like in terms of Canadian cities, the closest one that has a population of a million people or more is Calgary. And that's a 15 hour drive from us. In terms of America, it's uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, which is like almost an eight hour drive and an international border. So like, if you're going to try and do the thing, you got to be committed to doing the thing because it's not like weekend warrior stuff is not an option. So we we didn't really take the plunge. We we flirted with it. Like I know we did our first Western Canadian tour in 2002, which was like three years after being a band, did our first U.S. tour in 2003. But like we were in university, so we were doing all this during our summer vacation. So we 
kept doing the, the school thing, graduated, started working. And it was only then that we kind of went like, Ugh, is this the rest of our lives? <laughs> this? Let's maybe see how far we can push the band. Like I, I felt like we were good enough to fit in on like the international scene, but we never really put ourselves out there enough to give anyone a reason to give a shit. And that was really the the kick in the pants to to try to get on everyone's radar. We quit our jobs. Well, it, it took it was a bit of a process. We we spent like two years prepping, wanted to make a record that made sense, wanted to save up some money so we could afford to do this, and wanted to uh like set up like a framework, a good label to help promote us, reconnect with especially the states, because we hadn't toured down there since 2004 which at that point had been five years. And like with the way the U.S. scenes go, like if you're not in people's faces, you might as well not have existed. So we <laughs> yeah. we reestablished ourselves, started touring in the U.S., linked up with a bunch of the bands that were doing things at the time, and just, I think, did a pretty intelligent approach for a band like us to try to like set up traction to do the thing. So in 2011, we quit our jobs and just started touring. And uh, and so did that, that was... until we burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> and so you were saying, so there was a good kind of push from like '99 to 2004 of kind of being the local band or sort of the yeah, yeah. local yeah. band for sure for like three years, and then trying to start spreading out without doing it seriously. Got it. And that's usually where the band, you know, the the name would change or the one band would break up and start another band. But because yeah. you're because it's you and your brother, do you think that was you guys were able to sort of re retain the core of the two of you and then sort of the, the yeah. players and other members could kind of shift. And so you could create the new band while still maintaining you and your brother and the name. Definitely, definitely. And I think. If I'm being honest with myself, a, a large part of why we kept the name was some of the initial associations we had and the connections we made with certain key people in the US that it it made it so our name meant something in tiny niche circles and i don't know if i even acknowledged at the time that that was important but it would maintain being arguably the most important connections we've had for our entire career so i am glad we stuck with it despite the connotations of uh being a bunch of losers associated with barbie a <laughs> bunch of barbie's boyfriends yeah no i mean i know what you mean though it's that's that's the thing when you're young and you're first going out on the road you know i saw people's names saved in my phone or you know as the bands that they were in at that time and they've gone on to be in other bands but you always you know you sort of remember those those yeah, first things yeah. it's like so and so from this band oh now well now they play in this bigger band but i always know them from this band you know yeah always know them when so it's just everyone's if everyone's going to remember you as that might as well stick with it yeah, and I mean, it's it, it helped get our foot in the door when we were trying to do the thing again. So that's in, that's incredible. And then and then tell me a little bit about you know so so the label you were putting yourself out. Were you putting out other bands as well? Yeah, that was it. Was kind of a an idea I flirted with around two thousand seven, two thousand eight into two thousand nine. I put out a couple other bands that were just friends of mine. Um, and it wasn't like a big production. I think I, I I don't even know if I ended up pulling the trigger on getting proper distribution because at the time that was right around when 
what was it? Uh, Lumberjack and Mortem fell apart. So like all the distribution companies, all the indie distribution companies that had been kind of the mainstays of the scene in, in that section of it, all had been going bankrupt. And that was as like quite directly the period that MP3 streaming, well, not streaming, it wasn't streaming yet. It was, it was piracy if we're being real had like really murdered physical sales and a lot of very pivotal companies were going under as a result and a lot of labels decided to throw on the towel too so yeah i just i never pulled the trigger on getting proper distribution because all the connections i had were falling apart <laughs> and and then we shifted our focus again and decided we wanted to focus on ken mode and i just dropped that whole idea Got it. It's it's really hard, you know. I've I've we've, my my partner in the band No Age. He has he runs a, a record label, and um, I just you know just through approximation, just seeing everything he goes through, it's it's so much hard work. I've never never really been jealous of that side of things. Yeah, it. I mean, you got to want to do it, and I'll, most people in bands that are doing that, they're either doing it out of necessity or because they love it. But a lot of the time, you just don't have time to do both. I don't know. I, I like, I definitely partake in some of the label activities when I put out, when like when we put out our own records, because I can't help myself. Like my degree in school, like I, I have a business degree from the, the Asper School of Business <laughs> in, in Manitoba, but my, my specialty was marketing and small business management. So like I can't help but get involved. And I, I always want to make sure the overall marketing project is like, managed properly because if it's not too many things fall off the table um and i also want it done to a certain consistency and standard with because it's just i don't know probably just a neurotic tendency of my myself <laughs> no but i think it, it is interesting to point out though i think you know especially in in our contemporary time with everything released online and social media presence the idea of having a unified sort of brand you know if if not you know a band you know this idea of you know having all of your stuff look good and come out at the same time and you know be of the same sort of quality it just it just makes sense it's 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 in your it's expected of you anyway i think as a band yeah. so the yeah. labels want to see you know you know all the artwork and everything up you know whatever it is, six months ahead of time. And so you can kind of plan out a, a, a routine where it would have been, I'm sure, radically different 30 years ago, having yeah. to work with, you know, graphic designers in each country and each territory to come up with their own, you know, posters and each promoter could have a, you know what I mean? It seems like the idea of just sending one JPEG around to everybody. It's like, oh, okay, it looks good. Everybody's using the same photo. We're all up to date. Great. <laughs> yeah, even just thinking about like the little checklists like that we were provided like over a decade ago of like these are all the things that you need to have prepared for an album cycle. Like when that was new and fresh and you're like terrified, yeah, I need to have all this submitted like six months in advance. Oh my God. And now it's just like, well, duh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Do you how could you not feel like you're just scrambling and drowning all the time if you don't have that prepared at least 10 months in advance <laughs> oh my gosh i remember a, a few years back i was probably 10 years ago and we were we were touring in europe and i was like wow everybody has the same photo of us how did they get this photo that's incredible <laughs> i was i wasn't i wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed at that point i'm like wait what's going on how does this work it's, yeah 
the same thing used everywhere. But but I guess it, it it's almost like I think what I was trying to get at is it's expected of artists now to sort of have a degree in marketing. It's good that you know you came prepared with that. But I think even for people that don't like myself, you're, it's expected that we have some understanding of the relationship between the, the yeah. artist and and the audience. And which is honestly kind of terrifying because and that's a hundred percent social media's fault. I've I've kind of been lamenting, especially like the last year um, since the pandemic, like as all these stupid platforms change, like Instagram wanting to become TikTok so bad, like basically bands slash brands are expected to be not only musical artists, but we also have to be videographers now. And like, that's something I never signed on for. Like as we've just been discussing, like we were expected to be borderline brand marketers as well. Like that is not something people who pick up a guitar expect to ever be a part of this package when they first do this as a, like a teenager, like, ugh, <laughs> it's just that part of it is truly gross. But like, if you're going to keep things into perspective, like it's, it, it is a, the reality when you're starting your own business. And that is what bands have to become, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, I remember as a teenager getting started, I like, you know, it'd be, you'd draw a logo or you draw something on your, on your, you know, your papers at school. And, and that was always fun. Or you'd make a sticker, make t-shirts, you know, there's, it was the kind of the, the elective sort of, you know, subjects you could go like, oh yeah, I, I drew this dumb thing. Oh, we should use that yeah. as a cover. That should be a sticker. This should be a t-shirt. There was little things that surrounded it. There was, could be kind of fun. Like I said, you know, kind of sideline activities. And it seems like those sideline activities have sort of become the primary activities of sort of, of marketing music yeah. projects. Like you got to have all of that stuff. Yet the funny thing is even thinking about that as a kid, like what you're, what you're literally doing is flirting with merchandising and learning how to both generate it how to manage it how to organize selling it like these are all very valuable tools that i think too many people in bands completely discount their abilities in because a, like, a lot of people get really good at this stuff and they think because they're working in music that it's non-transferable skills which is completely wrong we go over this stuff with our bassist all the time who is entirely too self-deprecating but he works for a theater and the kind of events he throws and manages like these aren't easy tasks and like in, in say like it people pay a lot of money for people who know how to event manage it's just funny that people in the arts so frequently discount their skills in these other avenues that like other people can really fleece folks on monetarily <laughs> speaking and we all just kind of go like oh it's not worth anything like you know it's like a show like it it'll someone will do it like yeah but you did it and you did it well <laughs> yeah yeah or getting getting t-shirts made getting stickers made getting flyers made you know all those wow. these graphic design work it's let alone um cross-country uh freight hauling you yeah. know, I think, <laughs> I think anybody who's been touring for a number of years, you probably could shift to some kind of logistics coordination operation manager. Just yeah, out, yeah. Well, you're not going to get you're not going to get from Denver to uh, San Francisco, you know, without, you know, without going over the Rockies and you got to figure this out. You got, you know, there's, yeah. the, the, I think we've done Minneapolis to Seattle, you know, that's it's hard to do in one day. Which kind of gives you a business idea, creating uh, like 
resumes for people in bands trying to transition Ooh. into regular business like how to how to put all those skills into a format that makes sense for normal people because it's real the experience yeah. is real yeah. but they never think they can put it on their resume and and they don't know how to put it on their resume in a way that sells themselves We're adding it correctly yeah, yeah. so what got the, an hr service from from yeah. the from band world to uh to uh to, to the corporate world what does, yeah what does it take you have more skills than you know yeah right well we will we'll run the ads here on hyphenate it'll be perfect yeah perfect to, yeah once you get we'll, up, share. We'll, we'll get the ad revenue going yeah we'll share the profits <laughs> well it is it's a funny thing right because i always think about you know in the terms of uh, hyphenating is people you know you can do many things at at, at the simultaneous time right you do you know i think being in a band is a good example of that like we've said we go you know go over all the stuff you have to do to promote yourself and, and merchandise things sell things and, let, and then be creative and actually get on stage and be an entertainer as well as you know a driver and uh you know an accountant, uh... accountant yeah all those things but then also over time right i think that's the other thing too that can happen with a lot of artists is you know it was never meant to be the main thing some people luck out some people work really hard and then it, but it's still the um time time changes you and time you know time changes the jobs like we said you know yeah. Instagram platforms will change new things come up so I, I feel like people hyphenate over time as it goes as well or even just you know so much of, of music is really geared towards you know youth marketing right it's all about you know young people and it's and it's the language of young people and it's that kind of feeling of like getting north of 30 you start to see like oh okay I'm going further and further away from the being able to really you know, touch never, never land, you know, the, 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 the lost boys are over there. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to just by nature of, of time, you start, you do start to fade away from being able to understand what's happening there. Um, Which, you yeah. find something else and you gotta do yeah. something else and keep yourself creatively challenged and doing something. Or, or yes, in, yeah, give me the other this side. line, like, I feel, I really do feel like metal for some reason is less youth driven hmm. i don't know whether that's going to eventually kill the genre but i like even like i'm looking at a decibel magazine right here mm -hmm. oh my god yeah <laughs> um and people have a tendency to not really care what the people playing it look like they just want that sound and you you see a lot of artists breaking through in metal for the first time and they'll they'll be old <laughs> um yeah and i think uh the biggest part of that and this has been something i've been talking about a lot on this album cycle is it's it's a matter of trying to maintain a connection with the community and you can do that you just have to try a little harder and mm -hmm. that is admittedly as people get older it's harder to maintain that connection especially to younger people who who don't have as much in common with you but um if you can maintain it and like i don't know i i've been fortunate i'm obsessed and addicted to new music so i am always trying to find something that will give me that feeling that i used to get when i was in my early 20s maybe it's pathetic i don't know <laughs> but uh it, it, i can still do it and i'm turning 42 soon it's it is harder but I can still do it. And I do believe it is what makes this band stay at least a little bit fresh after all this time. And people who lose that connection 
that's when you start to see things go a little stale yeah well it makes sense but it's interesting you bring up metal like i think when i listen to you i don't necessarily I, metal wouldn't be the first genre i would sort of peg you into maybe it's just coming from my background of punk and noise and these sort of things like tell me a little bit about how how the band finds itself or how it has found itself in communities yeah, we've we've never found ourselves in a community that's okay a... <laughs> yeah keeping in touch with the community i'm trying to think where where do you guys fit i mean i see it i see it on a kind of um you know uh amphetamine reptile sort of locust you know sort of yeah i've know, always at least for the last, last over decade um felt more of a kinship with kind of a general extreme music blanket at least that goes on in north america europe's a little bit more uh religious to their genre lines and i think they're easing up on that too but especially like in in the u.s like within the last 10 15 years the 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 phrase hipster metal kind of became a thing and it <laughs> it did encompass stuff from all spectrums of the extreme music world from noise rock to black metal to harsh noise like and because of that i've always felt that's if you can use that giant umbrella we do fit in there because we we don't belong to noise rock we don't belong to hardcore we don't belong to metal and usually people who like all those genres don't like us because we don't fit any of those like guidelines very well and the people that do like us like us because we have a pretty wide variety of sounds that we bring to the table but i i do think that has always limited us because especially as time goes on people when they want to hear something they want to hear that one sound and i know i brought this up again very recently like the reason a, a song like honey bucket works for the melvins is because hag me exists like they don't do an album that all sounds like that one song and that that being my favorite band that's always been the template for us we i don't want to write eight painlesses because it doesn't pop then there's no dynamic and it doesn't tell much of a tale i mean i wouldn't be opposed to doing like a a hardcore ep that just smashes you over the head but like <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't want to do like 40 minutes of that yeah well it makes sense yeah i mean it's interesting yeah you bring up the melvins i feel like they're another one that you know you could kind of put in i think they get kind of unceremoniously sort of lumped into grunge only because of their timing and proximity to uh nirvana yeah and some but, people do the whole like well sludge metal or whatever and even though that that term has come about so much i, I i've always found it funny like people have called us sludge metal it's like eh, i I, uh, I guess there's songs yeah but that's not really very suiting but whatever whatever makes you feel good about calling us it's fine <laughs> just as long as you're calling us something don't forget yeah about yeah but the but over the years i mean in terms of your influences and like you say kind of connecting to defining new music that's that's sort still bringing that excitement how have you found your music evolving and almost sort of hyphenating as it goes like i know you've introduced more piano keyboards saxophone multi-instrumentalists you know and when outside of but that like what, what are some of the motivating factors to that how you evolved the you know the creative side of the band just trying to do stuff that doesn't make me bored it, I, it's all filtering whatever music that I'm enjoying through my stupid head and bouncing it off my bandmates and seeing what kind of mess we can come up with that feels genuine and 
different from things we've done in the past. And that, especially as you've been around this long, it does get to be difficult. Sometimes you do come up with a new riff and it's like, this sounds like something. <laughs> what is it? Oh, shit. This sounds like that riff on this record that we did 10 years ago. God damn it. We're ripping <laughs> ourselves off. Fuck. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. It means you've been around long enough and you've written good enough music that you can you can come back around. Yeah, but at the same time, I also feel it's kind of sad. Right, right. Well, you know, that's it's the, but it's the thing too. You, but if you would ask the fans, they'd probably love those songs. Yeah, yeah. You know, enough. if we're being honest, you know, it's like, oh, I love that. It sounds just like this one. You yeah. Know, from the creator side, you're like, ah, can we? I always feel like what what I've noticed for, for my in my personal in my band and our creativity is we'll refine, we'll do a, a better version of that song. And so the yeah. question becomes: so hopefully we can do it in the same rec, rec recording session, and then just dump the lesser version of that song. You yeah. Know? But if it goes across records, then you that's when you're like, ah, it's a better version of the song from the last record. Yeah, we, that's that was that. actually a big that yeah. was a big issue with us with writing the null and void like arc was because it ended up being two years worth of writing sessions. We had to keep trying to attempt to do a different style so it could fit into this overarching bulk of material. And anytime you'd come up with something that sounded kind of like something we'd already done, it's got to be better to squash out the old one or not even bother trying and yeah. i definitely squashed out a couple songs that's like yeah those uh the new one's better this yeah. other one's just garbage now it'll never be heard and it was a good song but it'll never be heard right but well but hopefully the the better song wins you know what i mean oh, yeah that, that makes yeah, the yeah. whole the whole band better the whole record better um i want to jump into the uh, uh muay thai kickboxing is that right is it right to call it kickboxing or what do you call yeah, it yeah it's martial yeah. art i mean yeah. it's Tell me a little bit about that and sort of what brings you where, where you connect to that. And is there a connection between that and the music or sort of this expression? Um, I started that when I was 25. So I've been doing it for like 17 years now, 16. What year is it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think 16 years now. Um, but actually, I haven't been doing it much this year because uh, I had hip surgery in May, oh. <laughs> which is because of that. Oh, gnarly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it became another outlet for me, especially when it comes to like managing clinical depression um, and, and general moodiness. It's it, 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 it did become a lifesaver just and it's really finding something athletic that you enjoy, which I'd always struggled with. I think I'm approaching all of it more maturely now than I ever used to. I, I, I used to really struggle with when something was boring to me, I just wouldn't do it. And uh, I, I definitely got better. I, I actually, out of necessity, had to start lifting weights again uh, only within the last like six weeks post-surgery because I need it as a part of my rehab. But I did that in my early 20s and just stopped because I got bored. And it, uh, I think I have a higher tolerance for that now because I don't, <laughs> I don't mind it so much. But anyway, I'm getting away from the whole point. Um, yeah, with, with Muay Thai, I don't know. There's, it's something I found very similar to music um, in that you can never stop learning and getting better at it. So um, it, it, it became something that was very easy to get obsessed with. Uh, and I mean, that's, that's kind of the story of my life. I, I don't have hobbies. I have obsessions. 
And usually the things that I really stick with are ones that don't come supernaturally. Um, and like with music, I, I don't have very big hands. <laughs> so I'm not a natural shredder. With something like martial arts, I'm a very stiff <laughs> white guy with half Mennonite roots, so I'm not very coordinated. <laughs> uh, and I started when I was 25, and like I already, my neck is all messed up from headbanging for years, so it's it's been a trip kind of learning to move a little different, and it's it's all had a huge impact on on the band, the way I move on stage um even down to to breathing when you're doing vocals it's it's changed a lot for me but yeah i on on the the difficult side i tore my labrum in my right hip a number of years ago oh um, man that sounds gnarly yeah it's the the sheath of cartilage that holds the femoral head in so that tore and i learned that i had a hip impingement too so like it doesn't fit properly in there to begin with and uh, I think it originally happened while I was on tour in 2015 when we were on like a two month tour. A couple weeks in, I filmed a piece for Inside MMA in Los Angeles and I was not warmed up. I hadn't been training and I just kind of went for it. And then we we continued on with the tour. And within a couple of days, it felt like someone had stabbed a knife into my hip and that lasted for like three weeks. I couldn't put on socks. I like I had to lay down in the van, but it eventually kind of went away. And I don't know why, but I kept doing like rehab exercises to make it so things didn't hurt and I could continue my day to day. And the searing pain didn't stick around. But after the pandemic um, in 2022, when we started shooting music videos for our null record, Again, we hadn't played any shows since 2019 and shooting music videos. I kind of discounted the fact that when you're filming, it's like the hardest part of a set that you're doing, but you're doing that all day. And we did that for three days straight. And then I went right back into training. And within a couple weeks, when I was like play sparring, I like, kind of did like a a flinch move to make someone react and all of a sudden something in my hip popped and i it was like again like someone stabbed me with a knife like oh what was that and uh i just thought i'd maybe strained my groin or something like that and it yeah it turns out that i guess because the pandemic had made me a little less stable hadn't been working out as much it focusing on certain key muscle groups that help stabilize all that I think I tore something further and it had become a now a chronic problem. So I discovered all the things that were wrong and got lined up for surgery. And actually the timing worked out perfectly because it was in like a, a dip in our activity right before the record could come out. So I had that in May and I've been recovering all summer and now I'm ready to tour. <laughs> Amazing. But you never, but you never had a full dislocation of the hip. Was it just, no, no. It just pulled it enough to rip the labor yeah. around it, which, wow. which then, uh, yeah, doing certain movements felt like I'd be getting stabbed, <laughs> thrusting <laughs> your hips forward, leaning back, playing guitar, little things like that, you know, things that I do all the time. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. Oh, that's gnarly. But again, but like you said, it was it was a challenge, you know, from the from the early days and an obsession and something that kind of keep you keep you sort of in your own body, yeah. mental, emotional sort of stuff. It's 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 incredible. I could totally see like the 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 parallel paths of sort of this, you know, sort of um of just practice and training and as well, you know, along along with music, right? I mean Yeah, there's a, a discipline aspect, there's a creativity aspect, there's the never-ending journey of the ability to learn which i mean you can find that with any art form really but that that is the, the one of the things i appreciate the most of it because none of it ever really gets boring if you love it because there's always stuff you can do which is so cool and that's been with this injury i, I miss it so goddamn much <laughs> Oh man. Well, we, we got less than a minute to tell me where people can find you. Where, where do you want people to go to, uh, can hyphen mode.com. Everything's there. Stream awesome. it, buy physical products, check us out on tour. Incredible. We, we won't, uh, we won't bite your heads off. I swear. <laughs> well, Jesse, thank you so much for taking the time and, uh, and being patient with us while we got this all set up. It was really a pleasure to uh, sit down and talk with you. Oh, no worries. And thank you very much too. It was my awesome. pleasure. Thank you. Take care, my man. Thank you. Brad, thank you so much, Jesse, for sitting down with me and talking all things Ken Mode, um, management, Muay Thai, kickboxing, Canada. Really informative. Um, definitely go check out Ken Mode's new album, Void, out now everywhere where you get records. Um, it is heavy. It is brutal. And... Um, I was really stoked to talk to Jesse. He's really such a nice guy. And um, yeah, really, really down to earth. It was, it was cool getting to uh, sort of pop in, see how they're doing. I, I imagine they're out on the road now as well, or will be shortly. So go follow them on all the socials. Just look for Ken Mode. That's K-E-N-M-O-D-E. And um, yeah, see when they're coming to your town. Go out and see them. I also wanted to um, give a big thank you to uh, Death by Audio Pedals for uh, letting me give away a supersonic fuzz gun. What is it called? Supersonic ray gun? One of this really cool fuzz pedals. And I want to announce uh, the winner for that uh, giveaway was uh, um, Martin from uh, Slovakia. I was not anticipating um, getting entries from all over the world. So thank you, Martin, for um, for writing in and for listening to the show. And please tell everybody out there if you're in di if you're digging the show, please uh, let everybody know. It's fun. It was fun to spread the word around. I'd love to get some more earballs um, on the show and uh, more people listening and writing in. Again, that's hyphenate halftime at gmail.com if you want to uh, send in any requests for people I should interview or uh, things I should check out. If you have a band, um, send it to me. I want to hear it. I'm going to do some, um, some MP3 reviews or band reviews at the end time here. And we just kind of hang out. Um, so please, yeah, write me, uh, hyphenate halftime at um, gmail.com. And uh, I will see you on the next one. Thanks so much. Bye.